Hello and welcome to the Work Matters Podcast mini-series on layoffs. Now, normally we ask what matters at work today, but in this case, we're helping prepare for what happens when the question is no longer relevant, when you may no longer have a job to go back to. Steve, what matters with regards to preparing for or experiencing an exit today? We decided to do this series where we're talking about the career development aspect of layoffs, the financial impact of layoffs, and the emotional mental impact of layoffs. And we have experts in each of those areas. We decided to do this because layoffs have become a regular part of careers. A statistic I just saw that says currently about 45% of people experience a layoff at least once in their career. I suspect that's only going to go up as we're doing this podcast. There's layoffs like mad going on around us. And it can be a very traumatic event. I mean, Robert, have you ever been laid off? I have. Yeah. And I guess I would say at the very start, it felt a little traumatic. I remember getting laid off and then going out to lunch with all of my coworkers. And in fact, it was my very first job out of college, Steve. So two months in to that job, I was laid off and we were all out at lunch having a beer and trading stories. And, you know, I remember thinking this is terrible, but I'm, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to start looking for a job today. And for me, you know, yes, there was a little bit of that initial trauma, but I seize it as an opportunity. And and really, I feel very lucky because it was one of the best things that ever happened in my career. I found Jobs to Web, a new startup. Years later, we were acquired by SAP, and I may not be here now if it weren't for that layoff. Yeah. Well, I think you know that's a positive story. I've been laid off twice, actually, in my career. Once it was proactive because I saw an opportunity to collect severance and a hiring bonus in the same month. <laughs> the other time, though, I really was blindsided by it. And yes, I did land on my feet. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do today about how you can ensure you do land on your feet. But it affects you at multiple stages. It affects you when merely, oh my gosh, you know, money is important and suddenly you don't have it. There's a financial concern. There's absolutely effect on your career. And as we talk about, that definitely affects your self-esteem in some ways. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, you are not your job. But in our culture, people identify heavily with their professional reputation. It definitely, for me, it's still, you know, it's a very emotional thing when I think about it. You know, my wife brought this up this morning. She said, what's really interesting is that it doesn't just affect you. It affects the people around you. Well, absolutely. I think that point that your wife made that it doesn't just affect you, it affects your family and the people around you. The people around you also are critical helping you deal with it. And I think that's why I'm really excited. I have Carrie Williard and Carrie and I have worked together at different times of the career. She is, in my view, one of the smartest people when it comes to the changing nature of careers and career development. She wrote this yes. great book called Stretch that really is a good practical discussion of how to manage a career in a world where there are no career ladders in there. And change, and she's also currently the chief customer strategy officer for Learning Technologies Group. So Carrie, welcome to Work Matters. Hello, Steve. Great to see you again. Rob, great to see you again. So, Carrie, maybe start with a little bit of discussion about the work that you've done. And, you know, sometimes I know you've referred to as a futurist, which I think is a good description of the way you think about the world. You don't think about what is, but where it's going. Can you talk a little bit about how people should be rethinking? Because I think we are stuck in a world where people still think of jobs and stability and careers. And then you introduce this sort of like, it's almost like climate change. You know, the weather is changing. We have to react to it. The economic reality of work is changing to these turbulence and these layoffs, and they're becoming more common. What are your thoughts in general about why people should be thinking a lot about the concept of layoffs more than maybe they did in the past? Yeah, I think a corollary to, for me, coming at it from a more positive 
angle is that in many ways, the job is going away and it is the capabilities that you're building over the course of your life that give you the opportunity for employment. I think the very first time I personally had this kind of uh, uh, epiphany was there was a job opening and that job, it was in a big company that didn't have a lot of movement and so on. And I was talking to a mentor and I said, well, if I don't get that job, I'll probably have to leave the company because that job won't open up for a long time. And so I'll have to go find that job somewhere else. And he said, oh, Carrie, you're thinking about this all wrong. People can make jobs anytime that you've got figured out how to tackle a problem that a company has, and you've got the skills to tackle that problem. So I think all the discussion is about jobs, but I think from a personal perspective, for an individual, it's best to think about what skills and capabilities do I have that I can go out and sell in the marketplace? When you reframe it that way, it's not quite as scary because Let's face it, everybody is in, if you're in a job now, you're constrained by something. There's some part of you that is not being used in that job. Maybe you've got great musical talent and it's not being used in that job. Or maybe you've had some experience in leadership, but you're in an individual contributor role at that point. And so your managerial skills aren't being used. So everybody has skills that aren't completely used by a job. And so rethinking, okay, what capabilities and skills do I have and how could I match those to the marketplace? As we are recording this, they just announced the growth in the U.S. economy is greater than people expected. So it's sitting a few percentage points above what they thought can come out at 2.9% growth. And you know, we had whole eras of only 2% GDP growth in the U.S. And of course, referring to the U.S. right now. So I think in the U.S. at least, things might not be quite as dim as the economists are predicting. I think a couple of things that you, you touched on there. One is that the economy is growing, but I'd say even if the economy is growing, we're still going to have layoffs because of disruptive technologies. Like, you know, mm-hmm. chat GPT recently came mm-hmm. out and... Robert, I was thinking it's a threat to my own job as a thought leader because I write a lot. <laughs> Carrie, you write a lot too. What does this mean for us? But I, but it goes back to that point of looking at not the tasks that you do, but the value that you provide through the skills that you have, which is, you know, it's important because we're talking about, you know, my own layout that I went through. One of the things that I said is your value is not defined by your job title. Your value is defined by how you help other people solve problems or support services or whatever you do. And so understanding how do you provide value as opposed to what job are you in? It seems like sort of a mental mind shift that you're talking about making. Can you expand on that a little bit about what is the healthy way to think about work? If it's, if work is not about, I have a job, work is about something else. What is the healthy mindset for thinking about our relationship to our jobs or our work in the changing world that we're in? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think it's one of big shifts that's come out of the pandemic as well, is that I think every generation is reconsidering their relationship to work and what it means. I think of this as kind of a oscillating wave. Maybe there was a culture pre 
pandemic that was really valued. And then everybody was working from home and there was a very supportive culture. And now there's some coming back into office. And so there's, I don't think we've leveled out after the pandemic yet to see what is the workplace going to be. But I do think people are making very individual choices to balance their family needs, seeing a million people in the United States die, resets. How much do I think about what work means to me and how do I balance that work with my life? When we wrote Stretch, we came up with some practices to consider for how to prepare yourself for the future of work. And one of them, the one that was the most popular from the most frequent answer that we had to the question, how do you stay current at work, was I hang around smart people. So, you know, there were people that were readers, there were people that were more experiential, but people who tried all kinds of strategies. But the number one strategy was hanging around smart people who are doing smart things because you're going to kind of learn from them vicariously. That's why we host this podcast. (laughs) I can see why. That's why Robert and I are talking to you, Carrie. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's why people do listen to podcasts as well as they want to hear from smart people. I think what's really important when you're laid off from a job is to not let your network go to waste. Hmm. So lots of social studies have been done on how do people get jobs? And now we're talking about jobs, or but it could be employment after a layoff. And you would think, oh, hey, I'm going to rely on my closest friends who I know will help get me introductions and so on. So your close ties. But the research is repeated year after year after year to say, it's the people that you know more loosely that are going to, because they have access to a broader network that are gonna help you find employment. So I think it's really important to maintain your connections to people. Use your close ties, your family, your close friends as your support network to give you the emotional courage and confidence to get out there. But tap into your loose network really aggressively to find ties. I can help a friend of mine as a recruiter and he always talked about the usually the hiring manager knows somebody who knows someone who knows someone who's is the right fit. Yeah. It's exactly what you talked about. And a couple of points that you made on there that I think are really important to repeat are this focus on relationships, which by the way, is good for life in general. All the studies of happiness are about it's, it's relationships and experience that make us happy, but it also makes our, the relationships make our career successful. And I like how you talked about your close ties provide you kind of emotional support, counseling. So it's really important for that. But then tying into the long, the larger second level. And would you agree with this? There's no shame in talking to people that you've been laid off. I think we still carry a guilt. Do you think that's true? Yeah, or do you think I, I, I are- do. And so it's interesting to go out there. I just had a colleague, by the way, ask Chat GPT to write an announcement for LinkedIn that he had been laid off from Google. And so he said, include my gratitude for the experience I had at Google and my appreciation for my colleagues and so on. So then he posted the chat GPT blog into LinkedIn on his particular layoff. Now, isn't that clever? And isn't somebody else going to look at that and say, okay, this guy that's keeping up with things. I think that's really interesting. I, I, 
actually can't even count the number of times I've been laid off. And it's usually because a company buys another company. Mm-hmm. And then the company I've been with, the one that was acquired gets consolidated out or whatever it might be. Or it's, I went in to do a very specific job and that's done. You know, I was a entrepreneur and then the, those days were kind of run out or whatever. When I was at Sun Microsystems, Oracle bought Sun, I was a senior executive and they did not bring over most of the senior executives. So I was laid off with a nice separation package, but still laid off. And when I was thinking about what to do next, I could have gone back into, I'd been a chief learning officer there. So I could have gone back into a chief learning officer role. I could have gone into HR. Um, I had an offer for an HR, head of HR. And my close ties were saying, oh, that's safe. That's the thing you should do. I was getting offers right away. With my loose ties, I explored, I'd like to be an entrepreneur. I'd like to start up a company. And my loose ties were willing to encourage me on something that would stretch me further, that was a little more out there from what my close ties would do. So it's not only that your, you know, your close ties give you support, but they probably anchor you more to a box that you've been in. Whereas your loose ties might be able to say, hey, you've got skills in this. There's this other field that's really interesting that's kind of close to that that you might consider. So it's also helping expand your thinking. And I took the entrepreneurial route and sold that company within a year. And that's how we ended up all meeting each other because I sold it to Success Factors, which was bought by SAP immediately. So there's... Two things you said that it would be good to sort of unpack a little more and in particular about what you can do before a layoff happens, because going back to reality, you know, you're statistically increasingly likely to be laid off at some point. I think Carrie, you sharing too, you know, I think most people would not realize that your careers involved a lot of layoffs. You're like, that's just mm-hmm. part of the work. That's the way the nature of the work that I do that you've t- talked about at the beginning, define yourself by the value that you add through the skills that you have. And the other one is make sure you're building this relationship network. I remember in stretch, there was like the thrive. I think that was the phrase. Was that the relationship that you need five to right. thrive? If you're thinking for somebody who's listening to this podcast right now, who's in a company, they haven't been laid off, but they're anxious about it. And they want to be in that position where, you know, as you shared, you were able to turn a layoff into an opportunity to go into a new area. But it's, I'm guessing it's because you'd kind of tilled the soil, if you will, before you had built relationships, you defined yourself based on skills, not job titles. What is it that somebody could be doing in their current career to, for want of a better term, like future-proof themselves for layoffs so that they are more likely to be opportunities as opposed to lead to like chronic unemployment or having to move into a job that you don't like because you just got to pay your rent? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there are some very real things people can do. So Five to Thrive was find five people who you think are really doing a good job of staying current in your field and make sure you're meeting with them at least on a quarterly basis, even if it's just a Zoom call once a quarter to just kind of find out, hey, what do you see going on? And just kind of like keep abreast with what other people are thinking. I think a really good tool can use, especially if they're in a job now, is make sure they are keeping the leading edge skills in their field up to date. And if their job doesn't let them do it, get a gig on the side. So think about that could be a volunteer gig 
but get some sort of way to continue developing your skills in the areas that you see happening. And it is the people that really do well with the layoff are the ones that have got some flexibility in their skill sets to do a number of things. And if you're doing some gigs, you're building a network. The other thing I recommend just for confidence sake is once a year, update your LinkedIn resume, a headhunter calls. If you're in a you know knowledge worker position, like most of the podcaster listeners here are going to be and take an interview, at least get, keep your skills on selling yourself up to date as well. It can be easy to settle into a secure company and forget how to go sell yourself out in the broader marketplace of jobs and gigs. So I think um, considering how you might be able to quickly land a way to make money while you look for what you want to do next is, is a good consideration. What I like about this is you provide some really tangible sort of feedback that people can be aware of whether or not they're actually doing this, like the five to thrive. Think of who those people Make sure that you connect with them once a quarter, just that following up and nurturing those relationships. The other one that I think is really valuable is, you know, looking at LinkedIn and have you got skills you can update? If you haven't done anything, experiences that you've updated, you're really in danger of being laid off for a lot of reasons. One, your job probably could be automated if you're not learning new things, but don't limit yourself to your formal job. And a lot of companies actually are very supportive of like these dynamic teams. Be willing to go out or volunteer or something to build skills so you can put something new on your LinkedIn. And it kind of, somebody once told me, it's like, if you want to do something, find a way to start doing it and eventually somebody will pay you. But get out there. <laughs> don't wait for the, don't wait for the opportunity. Create the opportunity, which goes back to what you said very early on, which is increasingly, you know, if you have valuable skills, people will create jobs for you. They kind yeah. of goes around. But they have to know you and you have to have those skills. So I think those are things that people should be doing all the time, anyhow from career, but particularly in a world where suddenly, as you said, a lot of these layoffs have absolutely nothing to do with you. It's like yes. the company acquired someone else or something like that. I, I think that's so important because how many people feel guilt about being laid off? Was it for my performance? Should I have built a better network? Should I have managed up better? These are all questions that we start asking when you get laid off. And the fact of the matter is there is a solid chance it had absolutely nothing to do with you. And your performance may not have even been reviewed. You, know, you could just be part of an entire organization that was impacted or a right. number pulled Where out they of that organization. And That's right. Yeah. You know, there's another quick tip that we wrote about in Stretch as a litmus test to know, well, am I staying current? And that is, think about the time, the last time when you felt I'm in over head a little bit here. And that feeling is a good feeling because it means you're taking yourself to the next level of knowledge, performance, capability. And if that hasn't happened for you in the last three months, then you're probably not stretching enough. Mm. And so that is just a reflection point of when was the last time I felt uneasy about or challenged or a little scared? Every day. Oh, sorry. You're not asking me. <laughs> I apologize. So that's that's good. Carrie, you're a futurist. 
And so I feel like as part of what you do for a living, it puts you in a space where you are thinking about these things all the time. So as you look forward to the future, what are the kind of signals that you're looking for, whether they're economic or technology? What are you looking at that other people should be thinking about too to determine maybe where do I stretch? Where do I get uncomfortable so that I'm safe the next time this happens? Yeah, yeah. So first off, one of the things about being a futurist is that you look for what are called signals. So what are the things that are out there as potentials? When I wrote a book in with Gene Meister, we wrote it in 2009. It was published in early 2010 about the 2020 workplace. Yes. And our 20 predictions kind of pretty much stood up. And we did six uh, wild cards that we didn't want to say would be predictions, but these could happen. And one was a global pandemic that will forever change our relationship with being in the office and how we use facilities. So that was kind of, my husband encouraged me not to ever write a book about the future again, unless it was going to be more positive. <laughs> <laughs> but you did hit it on but, the nail. <laughs> yeah, I did get it. Yes, unfortunately. It must have created so, conflict with you, Carrie, because you're like, well, part of me doesn't want the pandemic to happen, but part of me wants to be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, so I think you know, when you look at the big signals now, of course, generative artificial intelligence is really interesting. Yeah. And so I'm doing a lot to look at that. My last few presentations, my artwork has all been developed by an app called Starry AI. I was doing a presentation for how to be a futurist for GM, and I asked the app to develop some artwork based on uh, existing models of GM cars, but I added conceptual thoughts for the future of it. And people on the GM call wondered how I had gotten hold of their concept car drawings, because those are not public. Oh my gosh. Which I thought I, was really interesting. Yes. I was floored by this fact too. Yeah. And then of course, chat GPT is, I think it's going to be completely disruptive to the field of education. Yeah. Carrie, I'm just <clears throat> continuous on, on a question on that. This thought about the futures and this the skill of being a futures, because one of the challenges going back to that is that developing skills that are going to prepare you for new opportunities, but that the world's changing. Like, you know, chat GPT is a good example. It's so probably a bad time to say, I would like to be a copywriter, right? It's probably a bad time to be like a marketing writer because a lot of that stuff, you know, is going to get automated. But what about somebody working like in healthcare or somebody working in, you know, the fields that aren't associated with quite the pace of change that technology is? Now, technology is affecting every industry. But if I'm a person out there and I'm like in a different field, I mean, you know, distribution or something like that, what would be your tips for somebody in different industries to kind of stay on top of where their world's likely to go so they can understand what are the skills that are going to set me up for a future opportunity without just having my job get eliminated. Yeah, I wrote a blog recently about the coming capability crisis. And because when you look at demographics, and these are now global demographics, we've been used to this. There's just more and more humans on the planet, so on. And I, just in the last month, we saw that China now realizes suddenly that it's going to have a population crisis. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't a sudden thing. This has been developing for 20 years, but now they're not in a place where they're going to 
keep on growing from a population perspective. Their population is shrinking. This is happening in countries all over the world. People are aging longer. It's very feasible that there's a human being being born today that'll live to 150. And so, you know, people are, are, healthcare is improving. There's advances, including reverse aging kinds of things that are going to allow people to live longer. So you look at what are the jobs people are taking and where do we still need jobs? We're sitting at probably about 150,000 person truck driver shortage. Companies like Walmart are taking, you come in the door as a teller, they'll give you a path to becoming a truck driver because they're short 50,000 truck drivers. I was talking to somebody in the healthcare industry and they're predicting a million nurse shortage. Um, Corn Ferry has done an analysis on the skill shortage globally to lead to a trillion dollar global GDP shortage or shortfall because of lack of skills to get there. So I think, of course, one of the things to look at is where are there shortages and where do I maybe have some capabilities or motivation or desire to be involved in, in that field? Google estimates that there's a 40 million person capability shortage in cloud. That's across all companies and that's global. And that could be, you know, cloud software development. That could be the user interface, but is there still the peak of when people went from on-premise to cloud computing has probably happened, but there's still a whole wave of people who haven't done it yet. I appreciate that you're mentioning the economy. I work with recruiting leaders every single day as a, as a recruiting technology expert. And it is fascinating right now because on the one hand, we have an enormous number of layoffs occurring. And on the other hand, we have an unprecedented challenge with hiring. Every single leader I am talking to today has the exact same challenge. And that is they cannot find enough people to serve in whatever the most critical area of their business is today. And that is not an economy that will stay forever, right? I mean, we have record low, well, I shouldn't say record. We have very low unemployment at, at this moment, and yet some real risk to the future economy. That's, that's pretty unique, but I think your big point is pay attention. You should be watching these trends and using them as sort of tea leaves to predict where you may want to make your next step if something like this should happen. In this book, Talent Tectonics, that I just wrote, the theme you just talked about is that we are entering for the first time places where there's more people aging out of labor markets than entering them. Mm -hmm. But the issue, and I really get frustrated, people say this is bad for economies. It's like, no, that's bad for the past economy where we relied on a cheap supply of youthful labor. <laughs> it was looking for jobs. But now we it's we have enough people. We just need to fully utilize all the people we have. And I think the challenge is you're getting that is recognizing that a larger issue, companies are struggling to find people because there's relatively fewer people size to the growing economies. And our economies do continue to grow even with recessions. They still grow. But the chances that if you have a job that you were laid off of, the next job you get, it may have to be a different job in a different industry because what's also happening is we're seeing whole categories of jobs being eliminated, but other categories of jobs are being created. And realizing that a layoff doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm going to go find the same job I'm doing next. It's probably more, if you were laid off, it could be due to the fact that the economy has fundamentally shifted 
and we don't need as many of those jobs in the future, but there is other work out there. You just have to look in adjacent fields or adjacent areas. And it goes back and it circles back to what you were saying before about the value of relationships beyond just people that do what you do. You know, when I decided after this last transition that I did not want to go into a senior executive role again, that, that mm. was, I'm winding down my career a little more. So I wanted to be more in an individual contributor role. I looked to my network of suppliers and vendors I had worked with over the years and had fortunately really good relationships and reached out to a few of them and said, you know, I'm thinking about taking my experience and applying it in a customer facing role and helping elevate the profession. And you know, I got a lot of bites right away. So I think one lesson learned out of there too, is be nice to your suppliers and vendors. They're part mm -hmm. of your network and Boy. they're part of your network that can help you someday. That's such a great, I remember one, I wasn't laid off, but when I changed jobs once and I remember, you know, I was in consulting and one of my customers exactly like hired me and said, look, I work with people. I don't work with consulting companies, okay. <laughs> you know, so that, that importance of it just so much, it comes back to that emphasis of we should always be defining ourselves based on the value we provide from our skills and capabilities and making sure that we're always building those skills so we can add new value because as we know, skills get automated away, but there's always new ones that come up and capabilities. And a lot of the skills that are really valued are the human interpersonal skills. It's the connecting and dealing with change and things that people are uniquely good at. But the other one is people need to know you have it. And that's about that relationship and the, the five to thrive and those topics. I think these are such great ideas. And just, uh, you know, what I will say to the audience listening out there is read Carrie's book, Stretch. It's just a great book for how to think differently in the way the world is going. Any last sort of thoughts as we wrap up, Carrie, uh, on the pace of layoffs, I suspect is only going to go up. It's not going to decrease uh, for a variety of reasons, even, and it's because it's not just about the economy. It's about the turbulence of how technology is changing the nature of work in different industries and the pace of acquisitions has accelerated like 700% over the last 20 years. What last sort of advice would you have? And maybe think about people starting their careers. They're coming in, there are people mid-career. How do people need to change their thinking? And what, what last advice would you give as we go into this new world? I, I think the last thing is if you're a nice person at work, it's going to help. So it's going to help because people will be willing to, when you tell them you've been laid off, they're going to say, oh, I know something for you. And they're going to reach out and help you. If you've been a nice person to your vendors, they're going to help you say, hey, I know something that's open and available and free. And it's just, you know, if, if you're a good human, other people are going to want to help you. If you're a good human, most people think, oh, I give my references to someone and they'll check my references. Almost every good recruiter or headhunter is also calling somebody else they know that you haven't listed as a reference. And they're going to find out, were you a good human at your last job? So I think maybe the last tip is just be a good human. Just be yeah. a good human. That is great <laughs> advice. No better advice. advice. Yeah, make the make your career more successful and make the world better in general. Yeah, so right. while yeah. carrying help other people who have been if you weren't laid off, you know, reach out to those other good humans, you know. Yeah. Tell them I'm thinking you. I mean, just by being a good 
human, it'll come back to you. Yeah, we're all in this together. So, well, Kerry, thank you so much. It's been great reconnecting with you. And again, we'll put in the show notes about the book that Kerry's written, as well as maybe that blog that you just mentioned on capabilities. And with that, thank you very much for appearing on Work Matters. Thank you. Okay, that's our show for today, everybody. Thanks to our guest, Kerry Williard. Our editors include Robbie Echeverria and myself, Robert Richardson. Open SAP supports our publication here. Work Matters is a volunteer-driven podcast. If you're interested in our mission to help the world's workforce lead better lives and have experience editing, producing, or marketing podcasts, check out our show notes and get in touch with Steve or me, Robert Richardson. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope to have earned a new subscriber and an honest review. We look forward to seeing you on the next podcast because what matters? Well, today, layoffs matter. Work matters. Thanks for joining us on the Work Matters Podcast.